Hey everybody, Jeremy here. Just a reminder that you can go to duckfeed.tv slash tipjar for all sorts of ways you can help support the network. Uh, we want to see more shows get made, and we want you guys to be rewarded for doing so. So uh, go to duckfeed.tv slash tipjar, and you can see how to do that. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Normal Christmas food. Normal Christmas brat. Normal Christmas gambit. Normal Christmas Children Normal Christmas Oyster Lord Normal Christmas Keep it Gambit 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 Warm it up Warm it I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Christmas Past. And this is the podcast where <laughs> Gary and I talk about every single animated show episode of the X-Men animated series. I could not have tripped over that intro even even more if I had tried, Gary. I'm so sorry. I apologize. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> You try to make one joke Christmas. in the middle and it just destroys your 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 rhythm. You know, so when you improvise and you surprise yourself, uh, it is very easy to to do such things. I I've done it myself. No court would convict you. Um, this is our holiday special. Uh, and we're, we're covering the X-Men animated series Christmas episode, Have Yourself a Morlock Little Christmas, uh, whatever that means. And the, uh, you know, and this is uh, the closest thing. This, uh, you know, it happened to time out perfectly to being uh, just a week or so uh, before Christmas. And so uh, happy holidays, everybody. And before anybody hits that send tweet button, yeah, we're going to have another episode that's closer to Christmas, but it was also after Christmas. And I don't think you can have a Christmas yes. special after Christmas. So go ahead and backspace that 280 characters telling me that I'm a bad person. <laughs> Close yeah. your Twitter application I, and <clears throat> download and go go open iTunes and write and review this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As punishment. You know what you did. <laughs> you know what um, you did. In addition, uh, you know, this is going to be a Christmas episode. Uh, you know, I celebrate Christmas and stuff, but there are, there are a host of winter holidays. There all very important mm-hmm. uh, the x-men all celebrate christmas christmas and the morlocks in their own way celebrate christmas so that's uh what the specific holiday we'll be talking about and this is this is the first time we've ever done one episode of the show on uh one episode of the podcast and i think it is because this is in many ways uh the best the show gets as far as being bonkers Gary, um, you have been talking about this episode for since the very first episode of this podcast you, you yeah, have been I, refer- I have. making references to this and um I, in my mind, I didn't really have a clear memory of this, and I'm convinced now because I never, ever saw this episode when it originally aired. Because watching it, like for the three times that I've watched it now, <laughs> because I was, I just kept pausing it and yelling, Autumn, come here, you gotta see it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so over the top and crazy, and it starts like from the jump, like it just bust in and like it's like the fucking Kool-Aid man, and it just goes. It's great. It is it is nonstop uh, amazing throughout the whole thing, and um, you know the reason why I've been talking about it since the show began is because of a little Morlock by the by name Table Boy, and I was under the impression uh, thinking about this and misremembering it that he became a table which everyone ate Christmas dinner off of. What actually happens, I'm not convinced is better. <laughs> I, like I, I think, think that <laughs> I don't think it is. I think that it is. Uh, 
it is actually somehow worse. And I had forgotten about a lot of the marvelous little details that happened in this. And this, this makes me wish that this cartoon had more of these episodes that are explicitly like, this is supposed to be a comedy episode of the show, right? There are a lot of things that are just jokes. Uh, and they're all really good. Like this is funny and it's half funny on purpose. And the, the on purpose and the non on purpose stuff all lands pretty equally. I think. Which is amazing for this show because like when it tries to be funny, it generally only is successful when it's like with Wolverine and Wolverine saying something because otherwise it's just people saying like the weirdest shit in the world. Like Rogue coming yeah. out with like a Southern witticism that doesn't make any sense <laughs> or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that somebody that somebody in California made up. Uh, and it's the fact that all of these jokes actually kind of land and it's a genuinely funny show on top of the fact that it's totally fucking bonkers constantly is just so great for me. It is. Yeah, it is. It is you know, pretty, uh, pretty undeniably my favorite episode of the show, uh, so far. Uh, um, the, uh, you know, this is, this is extremely good. So I just, I just <laughs> put a little surprise in there for you. <laughs> okay. I, man, the fact that he still has a human face when he's a table, <laughs> when he's a table, it's so good. <laughs> um, so we're going to get right into it. And even though we're only covering one episode, I imagine this will be lengthy because there's a lot of, uh, side digressions I want to make. Um, starting right off the beginning. Uh, cause so we have, uh, have yourself a more like little Christmas, uh, Jubilee's first Christmas with the X-Men doesn't go exactly as expected when she, Storm, and Wolverine become involved with a mission to save the Morlock child known as Leech. Now, Jeremy, we talked about this off air. I'm bringing it up again. Jubilee's first Christmas? Very first Christmas. Are, are, you, are you fucking kidding me? This has been less than a year? So let's like let's assume that she, she joins the X-Men on January 1st, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Let's just assume it's that. the best will in the world. <laughs> Um, she goes, you know, it's, it's not it's a uh, it's it's very clearly actually summertime based on when she gets attacked in her house and everyone running around at night you know mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. uh even with the best will in the world it's not january 1st it's like may you know yeah. the things have gotten warm enough to want to run around outside without a jacket um but even if it was january 1st and they there she's in california you know maybe there's no snow or what have you um if it's january 1st that's still a lot of things to have happened <laughs> I mean, think uh, about all of the things that have happened in the last, like, four seasons of the show, Gary. Like, this podcast has taken almost a year to get through. <laughs> like, yeah, all, all less than a year uh, that, that Jubilee has, has not dealt with this. And it is just, uh, with the things this episode suggests about that, uh, the things that suggest about what it's like to, to be a, 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 a adopted kid and what that means for Christmas, like, there's a lot of Jubilee lore uh, on top of everything else. But just the fact that, like... Boy, you know, once one to two times a week, like six times a month, the the X Men are going into space or going into the Savage Land or fighting Brood or doing any of these things. Like it happens constantly. Like what an exhausting existence. There's only fifty two weeks in a year. Yeah, we're not anywhere close to it being a full year, and we're about eighty episodes deep into this TV show. Yeah, so this has yeah. been like. <laughs> Almost twice a week for the last six months, something bonkers has been happening to the X-Men, just constantly, never letting up, no vacations. (laughs) They've never slept, you know, like, because, like, some of these adventures, like, definitely take place over multiple days. The one day they were sleeping, uh, that fucking dude from Egypt came in and messed up all their dreams. (laughs) (laughs) The the one time they tried to to nap, the Shadow King came and, and, (laughs) fucked them up. Wrecked shop. Um... (laughs) So, so it is, uh, it makes, makes me kind of feel a little bit more sympathetic to these, these X-Men fellows that I enjoy. Um, the, it begins with, uh, them around the tree 
there. And there's a kind of a range of music with sleigh bells and stuff to let you know that it's Christmassy. Um, and they're singing, uh, deck the halls. Um, and, uh, Cyclops can't sing. Uh, everybody's finding stuff for Cyclops is <laughs> doing the like, Perhaps you two better take over from here. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. You know, just doing the, the uh, <laughs> playing a counter melody uh, to everything. It's it's not great. And uh, but man, do I love like the Christmas Grinch of Wolverine because he is just not having oh my any of this shit. Why doesn't Wolverine like Christmas? It doesn't make any I, sense. I don't know, kid. The day you catch me singing jingle bells is the day pigs fly. It's because he wants to stare into a fireplace and remember Nom, uh, which is <laughs> the actual episode begins. Like all the X Men are just having having this fun. They look over to Wolverine, and he is like really starkly dramatically lit by the fireplace, just staring into it, like um, because he can't handle. Uh, all the all this Christmas stuff and Jubilee's like, "Hey Wolverine, why don't you uh, come sing? Cyclops is having his problem again." Uh, and she, she says it like he's, he's referring to like any number of more embarrassing problems than not being able to sing on key. <laughs> yeah, like he's got a hernia. <laughs> like, Cyclops hernia yeah. is stopping him from singing Jingle Bells. <laughs> yeah, like like Cyclops's erectile dysfunction is is kicking in, and Gene kicked him out, and like now he's you know down at the tree or something like that. Like you know, Cyclops is having his problem again. Uh, and Wolverine is having having none of it. No, not at all. And uh, none of it, none of it, none of it. Jubilee is just so crazy excited that this is her first Christmas. Like she's literally a kid on Christmas at this point. And um, Rogue is right there with her, telling her she's going to have a you know everyone's going to make her Christmas special. This is going to be so exciting. Like it's just a really nice thing. And then they go to the kitchen. And Gary, this well, plot, hold on a second. Oh, let, let, oh. I know. Don't, don't don't move too quick. Because also uh, when they're saying that your Christmas is going to be very special, Rogue hands her a star, and she says. Wow, I've never had a star like this. <laughs> like it, and it's just this basic ass like Christmas star, you know. It is, it is a really, really weird line. There's a couple of very like Jubilee is an alien learning about Earth culture, like style lines in this, uh, and and that is that is one of them. I like. I realized that Jubilee was was an orphan and she was with some foster parents, but presumably, like orphanages aren't just like terrible and don't celebrate Christmas at all. They at least put a fucking tree up, right? Like maybe not everybody yeah. gets presents, but like everybody probably gets extra dessert that day or whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, and and as recently, at least at January first of that year, she lived with a foster family who genuinely seemed to care about her. Like, did they not celebrate Christmas? Is that the subtext here? Um, there's something, but she's acting like she's never seen Christmas before. Um, literally ever, which, you know, again, she's had a rough background, but it's, you know, Xavier did kidnap her from a loving family. Like that is the, the premise of the show. Well, I mean, technically um, the Sentinel kidnapped her. <laughs> Xavier just saved her yeah, and then true. brought her back to his house and made her do chores <laughs> like cleaning <laughs> with beast her. Yeah. <laughs> and trained her in the art of medicine. Um, the, uh, you know, and, and comms. Uh, but you know, you'll, I've never had a star like this extremely weird line. Then we switch to the kitchen. I don't want to stop you from getting to your fun. Because uh, this is uh, one of the greatest scenes in the series history. Oh, I abs- absolutely love this. It's uh, Gene and Gambit in the kitchen and stepping yeah. all over one another trying to cook some food. And it starts with Gambit criticizing Gene's like soup or whatever and basically said, Oh, oof, what's this here you're cooking? 
It's called food, Gambit. Normal Christmas food. Just need a little Gambit magic. A little cayenne, a little thyme. If you want to keep that hand, stay away. <laughs> well, the, the, uh, man, it's so we got the script here, right? So like, I can you can actually say exactly what happens because it is it is extremely good. Because uh, Gambit is immediately like like they they hate each other. From the beginning of the scene to the end of the scene, they're so both so mad. Like Gambit, like tastes the soup. He's like, you know, what's this here you're cooking? Like he's just immediately furious, and he's just like, it's called food, Gambit. Normal Christmas food. <laughs> like they have been like we, we come in seventy five percent the way through a existing fight. Uh, and Gambit, you know, this is need a little Gambit magic, a little cayenne, a little time, and then uh, Gene says something that if. A series of women throughout history had said to Gambit, perhaps he wouldn't be quite so handsy and gross, <laughs> which is, uh, if you want to keep that hand, stay away, and telekinetically holds his hand and the cayenne pepper to the table. <laughs> I love this so much, um, man. We don't really see a lot of Gambit and Jean interacting, except for that one time that he tried to force himself on her at her, at her, at her wedding. So, because <laughs> <laughs> Because apparently they hate each other. They just and, cannot and I, stand each other. This is the content that I crave, Gary. This is what yeah, I want to I, see. I never knew. Like I never knew that, that Gambit and Gene hate each other, but boy do they hate each other. <laughs> like just <laughs> you know, Gambit just trying to help. I don't need your help. You know, just, like, fury. Oh, this is this um, is terrible. Um yeah. <laughs> I just I love Gambit's like, you don't you still know nothing about cooking no Christmas dinner? Like that is I just I love that shit mm-hmm. so much, man. This is just so good. I have the biggest smile on my yeah. face talking about this episode. This hardly ever happens to me. <laughs> it, well, and it, it uh, we we loop back with it. Like the 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 adventures of can, you know Kitchen Gene and Kitchen Gambit like are running C plot mm-hmm. in this episode. So you know don't think that we've we've seen the last of these guys. Um, so we we switch over to to Beast and Beast is hanging out doing uh, Christmas uh, poetry. Of course, um, you know, some, I don't know the actual, uh, poet, but some, some kind of, uh, Sir Walter, um, I don't know what it's referring to, but kind of doing poetry about Christmas and this Yuletide brew. We switch over to Xavier and Storm and Xavier's like, you know, this is, this is the best Christmas I've ever had. All of my X-Men are here together. And Storm is really upset. Storm's like seeing Jubilee being very happy. It makes me remember my own childhood. This immediately gets dropped. <laughs> it's like, never this, brought up again. It's <laughs> never brought up again. Like she's about to flashback or the episode's about to be from her. And it's stolen because of this, uh, intruder alarm, uh, in, se- <laughs> in sector, sector nine. nine. <laughs> like, this is like, I feel like this is like the fifth, uh, naming like nomenclature they've used for different parts of the mansion. Um, where they burst in on beast, um, Beast has created a cranberry glaze that has exploded. The image here just looks like he is covered in blood. Yep. Like it looks, it looks like, like he has dramatically cut himself and so blood all over his face. Like he's like, he's got a like scalp he's, cut he's or something. Soaked. Yeah. He, he's literally soaked in blood. It looks like <laughs> such a grisly image. It's so um, bad. <laughs> No. And and Wolverine was like, yeah, thank God it's going to be an alarm. I want to fight some bad guys. Uh, and it turns out that again, he just exploded this cranberry glaze, uh, making science glaze. Uh, you know, super super goofy. Um, and of course, he's intolerable about it. Like the chemical form- chemical formula proved distressingly volatile, but the harmony of flavors is impeccable. Uh, it's cranberry glaze, dog. Like we all know what that tastes like. <laughs> like yeah, you uh, don't have to remake it from scratch. What the fuck are you doing, Beast? <laughs> yeah, Be- Beast, you you have fucked everything up. 
Uh, Beast is the goddamn worst. Uh, we transitioned to uh, Wolverine, Storm, and 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 Jubilee at a mall. And I guess this is supposed to be either Christmas Eve. This has got to be Christmas Eve, right? Like this is the. It, it's specifically Christmas Eve because because okay. Jubilee's very excited about going out on Christmas Eve, and Wolverine's like, "You couldn't get me out there." Uh, she says, "Pretty please," and he says, "Like you know, I can't, I can't resist you." Um, so they go and they do the shopping on Christmas Eve, where like Jubilee has bought uh, tons of like just perfectly gift wrapped like present shaped presents and i want to keep that in mind because there's like 10 or 15 of these perfectly wrapped presents and when they open them towards the end of the episode i'm going to die (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know like you'll never guess what's inside these presents um they they say they make a little bit of a hint about it here but it is a goofy thing and again jubilee is like i've never had enough money to get people real gifts before you know i've never been able to get nice gifts for people which that makes sense right like sure she should have seen a christmas star but, uh, you know, she wasn't getting paid in, in cars and being able to sell them uh, on the market for Christmas gifts like she can now. I'm assuming she's just trading uh, those cars direct into Dillard's for store credit. <laughs> like just, just <laughs> Driving into the coin return. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> How much would you give me for this convertible? <laughs> 2000 That seems cheap. <laughs> 2000 rocked presents um, mm-hmm. for you, you to give. And she's, you know, big stack. It's, it's real goofy. Um until uh and storm is also again just kind of sad here as well but never happens until wolverine gets assaulted by this uh perfume uh lady <laughs> what is um <laughs> who who's like you know would you like to try like has this like kind of madam you know miss cleo accent and like would you like to try a newest fragrance for men it's called musk of the wild turns women into animals and sprays wolverine just like directly in the face which given that we just dealt with an episode of him in therapy for rage like you were lucky you did not get disemboweled uh <laughs> perfume demo lady <laughs> this like very well could have ended very badly for you i love that um, um sirens start going off and wolverine says i can smell them as if to imply that he can well, that, smell the me, sound right i that's extremely good, but before it happens, I'm, I'm sorry to keep cutting you off because oh, no, no, it's I, okay. Uh, but they they go they go ice skating, and Wolverine is perfectly ice skating around this rink before that happens. Like like looks like you know serene and uh, beautiful, doing perfect form ice skating, uh, and that is when he smells the siren, um, which is I, all of like and we're what uh, we're like five minutes into this episode. Right, so like so many yeah. things have happened that have been so good. I have, I have um, six minutes as that audio line is what I have noted. Yeah, down. so yeah, we're we're Sorry, and we're like twenty I'm minutes into this gone. podcast. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, something's happened up there. Uh, and then you know they head over, and ambulance crashes through this wall and is going to bust through the ice, but Storm uses wind to gently set this thing down or like push it off to the side. Like if you. This is as powerful as wind has always been for you. Like you have a lot of explaining to do. They've been derelict in your duties for this entire show. Did you just like, learn how to do this? Like to lift a fucking van? Because you should be able to take care of a lot of people with this wind thing. A lot of people. It is. It is extremely, uh, extremely goofy. <laughs> I've never like, and it's never been implied that she has this much control. But like, she picks up the van and like slowly floats it over to the ice rink, and then just sets it on top very carefully on top of the ice rink. <laughs> On top of the ice, it is a van too, so it has to not sink through. Um, apparently, this does not stop the actual problem, though, which is that the Morlocks. So, were the Morlocks attacking the van, or did they just see this ambulance as a crime of opportunity? Like the Morlocks are somehow not stopped by the fact that the ambulance got moved. 
Um, but the Morlocks show up, and this is like introduces delightful thing number six in this episode, which is Wolverine being the biggest dickhead that we've <laughs> ever seen him be. Live in the sewer. Wolverine, these he are the people. Hates <laughs> this, like, you he hates them. He hates them. You were known for going into the sewer and taking down bad guys. These these are your brethren. Wolverine, what is wrong? <laughs> well, and he's and he's never been like on Team Morlock before. Like, you know, I think that when they first showed up, he was probably like, ah, sewer scum. You know, and then like they call him at one point. Uh, to lure them into the tunnels when Lady Death strikes down there. And he's like, ah, you know, we got to be better about who we hand our number to, you know, but now he's just like, you know, sewer trash would sell out their own mother for a dime. Like, he's, he's become, like he's incredibly cruel uh, to the homeless all of a sudden um, during the scene where uh, two Morlocks, the, the old cover with scorpions lady and table boy walk up table boy makes his hands really giant and rips the back door off this ambulance rather than opening it, which like, okay. Uh, and apparently he has super strength when he has giant hands. Um, they're going to steal from this ambulance and Wolverine just have enough, none of it. You know, you're stealing from, from an ambulance. How, how low can you go? Um, you are the worst scum on earth. Um, he call, calls him tunnel boy. Um, and then, uh, they kind of escape from the, the sirens and do this little thing where they, they learn what they're doing. Like they kind of have this little talk. Um, during which table boy turns his hands into, uh, boat paddles. Yeah. Did you notice that? I did. Why? And I, I can only imagine that like what it was supposed to be is those are like big snow shovels, like that you could put a lot of stuff in because ostensibly they're stealing supplies for their sick friend. Right. So maybe like yeah. this was supposed to be like, like a shovel or like, like a big, just like, th- I don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on with this dude, man. Like it look, for all the world, it looks like boat paddles and he's just piling stuff on top of his boat paddle hands, which seems like if you can change your body into anything, just make it a, like a box. <laughs> Have someone. Well, and he had them as giant hands before. And these paddles are definitely flatter and smaller. It is, it is a really, really weird choice. And Wolverine is just saying there, he's still kind of doing this in spite of it. While uh, the grandma uh, cover of scorpion ladies talks to a storm and explains what they're doing, which is uh, leech is extre- extremely sick. Um, and they wait to the last minute, apparently, to knock over an ambulance and hope that it has the right drugs. Um, Nobody ever said the Morlocks were smart. They've got a lot of heart, but they're, they're not yeah. exactly like the world's brightest, <laughs> brightest group of people living in the sewer. They're living in the um, sewer. Again, like whether well, the episode contains multitudes, like I love that uh, she's like, you know, you, you know, Storm, you're supposed to be the Morlock leader. Like, why don't you know this and why don't you care? Uh, and I love that as an aspect. Like, that, that is a cool thing to follow up on in the show that like storm has just been out gallivanting and doing adventures, feeling sorry for herself about her shitty Christmas as a thief in, in Cairo, uh, as opposed to taking care of her people. You know, she, she worked hard to get leadership of the Morlocks and then just immediately left them to watch TV at the babysitter or what have you. Uh, yeah. And, and this is going to come up continually through the episode and it's really, it's a pretty deep callback. Like that's season one <laughs> shit, right? Like, and we haven't even seen the Morlocks. Like we've, they've, some of the individual Morlocks have popped up here and there, but we haven't really had a Morlock episode in a long time. No, no. So pretty cool. Um, so, uh, storm gives them cover, like uses, you know, fog or what have you, like lets them escape any of this medical stuff. Uh, Jubilee doesn't want to leave her presence behind. It's like, Oh, we're going to miss Christmas dinner. Um, that is supposed to be the arc for this episode is Jubilee and Wolverine learning about this true Christmas spirit from, from different angles, but they, they go into the sewer where Callisto is hanging out with the, uh, the Morlocks and Callisto gives a storm shit as well. Yeah. Um, you know, like, Hey, you know, you, you dropped the ball, but let's at least put this aside until leech is better. Leech is the, uh, the Morlock who, uh, who is, is is very sick? Yeah, uh, um, Leech is the little green kid that was uh, like stealing apples in that episode where uh, 
Cyclops and Jean get their date interrupted by the Reapers yeah, that's, that's the first Warlock episode. Uh, no, I was thinking yeah. about the, the oh yeah yeah later yeah. on mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yes, again, Callisto just gives Storm more shit, and they they, they patch this up. Uh, Wolverine looks around and finds like the Morlocks just absolutely terrible Christmas tree that looks like a like a bunch the Charlie of Rounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're Charlie Brown like sad Christmas tree, and uh, you know he's he's not uh, you know he's not real sympathetic or anything yet. Like he's still going to be a dick for almost the rest of the episode. So don't expect this to, to engender sympathy in Wolverine. Not at all. Um, so he goes over and looks at, looks at Leech, um, kind of checks him out um, to see how far down he is. And then Jubilee meets um, who can only be like Mariana. It looks like um, like a little girl version of the tiny Atlantean princess that is on Alpha uh, flight mm-hmm. to me. Um, this little like underwater girl yeah. uh, who is drawn differently than all the Morlocks has these like gigantic weird eyes. Uh, really, really strange character that only shows up now and is not a canonical Morlock. <laughs> and will never show up again. And and no. I'm glad you called attention to the eyes because it's like they made her look like a giant baby doll. And like the fact that Jubilee yeah. is basically cradling her this entire episode leans into that a lot. It's a it's a weird design choice, but Jubilee obviously bonds with this unnamed <laughs> merwoman, mergirl. And yeah, yeah. man. Whew. Ah. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, and it's also, so there's, uh, there's Leech and there's, Leech has a little buddy in the comics, which is Artie and they could have just used Artie, but they gave a, made a little mergirl instead, uh, for some reason. The reason why Wolverine is checking out Leech, I forgot about this, is Storm commands him to because he has experience in field medicine. That's <laughs> one of his, um, one of his ability, one of his proficiencies. <laughs> yeah. His, 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 his army things. Um, and they, they had, he heads over there to take a look at him, uh, to look at Leech and it's like, okay, we'll fly him back to beast. And it's like, no, this kid's going to die. Uh, if we do this, yeah. Wolverine's and, like, no, he's too, he's too far gone. And they never specify what's wrong with this kid and they don't, it's not going to, not ever going to happen, but like, he doesn't look wounded. So I can only assume it's like a, maybe a appendicitis or something like a, yeah, like a blood disease or something. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. Um, I love Jubilee's line. Not survive? Leech? No. No. He can't. Not today. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Not today. Um, we cannot lose and we cannot die on, on Christmas Eve. We, Jubilee then says to Wolverine, please, you're so good at healing yourself. Um, can't you he- help Leech? And Wolverine says, don't be crazy. He ain't me. Uh, which shows like, you know, it seems they're kind of trying to portray this like Wolverine's being a jerk. Uh, all he's doing is pointing out that his <laughs> blood is not inside Leech, and he is his healing factor does not apply to other people, which which he, everyone knows. Yeah, like it, like this is this is Jubilee for a moment being the biggest idiot in the world. Well, and it, I mean, like, like everybody's being a big idiot because everyone wants to do this. Like it's his mutant healing power. Like your healing power yeah. isn't in your blood. Like if Jubilee gave someone a transfusion, they're not going to like shoot out fireworks out of their butt the next day. Like it's not how that shit works. It is, it is so, and and also so. Uh, there's so much time, like just so this this transfusion thing. They say like let's give him a blood transfusion. So think about that one. Uh, Leech does a very specific thing. <laughs> Um, he has one mutant power, uh, and that is to stop other people from having mutant powers. <laughs> yeah. Why would this work? Why would this? I mean, like, you'd have to run like 10 feet of, a t- of tube to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like the, and you have to have like two table boys. Like you'd have to have tube boy to come let all the blood flow through him, uh, to then, get that in. So 
if the healing factor was actually in the blood, he would nullify the blood with his own. He would shut power. it down. Yeah. So like, like out of everybody you could do this to. Yeah. This wouldn't work Two, uh, Wolverine says, I won't do that transfusion because I've done it to 20 people before. <laughs> when, uh, and tried. Excuse me. Now, hold, when, uh, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> hold up. Wolverine. Can, that was when not in your dossier. <laughs> <laughs> like, when did you try to give 20 blood transfusion and only two of them worked? And, and um, why have you not told Beast about this? Because if you have, like, one-tenth is a pretty good ratio. Like, if you could magically heal everyone in the world, that's... Yeah, like, who's, that's, who is dying? Like, we yeah. need your blood, buddy. Um, he should be, like, he, he's the ultimate donor. Like, he's not the universal donor. He's, like, the omniversal donor, you know? <laughs> like, it's just um, type XXX blood. Um, so he should, this is ridiculous that he's done this 20 times. This has come up so many times in his life that he is bummed out by it. And his point is like, don't even try because it's unlikely, but he knows the kid will die. He's the one who diagnosed him as such. So it is, it is a ridiculous, uh, thing for him to take and let's, a, a ridiculous and, tact. And let's, let's like digging in a little further. Storm is mad at him for not wanting to do this. Storm yells at this dude for that. And I'm like, if anybody here should know, this is not how mutant powers work. Storm, like you've been on the X-Men a long time. You've known Wolverine a long time. Like if you thought that this would work, why haven't you been storing Wolverine's blood all over the place? Just like, yeah, you just, you should drink, you should know better health potions in the field. What are you doing? (laughs) Cause it, cause it might work. It's not like a, like a, like a witcher potion where it might kill you as well. Like it just seems like, there's no, there's no reason for this. This is silly. Wolverine's being silly. Everyone is being silly. Callisto says, talks to, to ape, like the, the table boy. And is like, did you get the transfusion kit from the ambulance? And he goes, transfusion. <laughs> uh, and they say, Never mind. So why did you send your dumbest Morlocks to like, go get the, the one thing you need so they could come back without it? Yeah. Like grand, grand Moff scorpions and, and ape the table boy are the ones that you send it to the field. <laughs> And Grandma Scorpions didn't know. Like, why did you put Ape the Table Boy in charge of like eating this up? It is it is so dumb. So they realize what they should have done this whole time, which is like instead of bringing Leech to Beast, we can bring Beast to Leech. Um, you know, we have we we have communicators on our chest. Like, all of us can talk to each other whenever we want. You know, we we, we can get Beast here. <laughs> you probably um, should have done that before you went into the sewers. Ah, <laughs> uh, it is uh, it is so so ridiculous. Um, so storm and, and Wolverine yell at each other some more, you know, um, and Wolverine like gives it back. Like, she's like, I'm asking you to have the courage to save the child's life. Wolverine says, yeah, he wouldn't be dying if you looked after your people. Um, it's like, Jesus Christ, like everybody calm down. Like, and also like all I, the X-Men hate each other. I get that. I get that storm like has some responsibility here for not looking after a crew, but like, presumably she wouldn't directly cure this whatever blood disease that (laughs) this dude has like she's supposed to provide them with benefits like she's supposed to pay their cobra (laughs) 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 till they can get on the get on obamacare uh and she didn't do it yeah it's 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 real weird gary like this this is so ridiculous and over the top that i just i just again this is probably my favorite episode of the x-men animated series so far like even mm-hmm. with the gross misunderstanding of wolverine's powers like i'm still just i'm just here for this man especially because this is our, our moment of joy where wolverine finally agrees and table boy finally ascends to being a table man and and becomes the table <laughs> <laughs> that wolverine needs to lay down on boy. <laughs> table boy has become table boy um so they and they they put they put leech on he's been laying on this like sacrificial altar 
kind of thing, the stone, you know, uh, elder table. And then Table Boy, who, like, when he becomes this table, he still has a little human face uh, that sticks on the end of it. And that's for Wolverine to lay on. What a weird, you know, hey, buddy. Like, so when I say this, this is not necessarily, like, it would maybe be sadder if he was the table for Christmas dinner, you know? Mm-hmm. But this is very unsanitary and strange that it happens in a blood transfusion that I totally forgot about. Um, they're just going to do, and, and we haven't harped on this at all, but they are in a sewer. You know, like there, there's urine particulates everywhere. Uh, that they're doing this like blood transfusion and I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that like you want to mess around with, 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 you know, septic shock syndrome when you're doing blood transfusions of the fucking sewer. I can't. Um, and, and like, I just, this whole place has to smell so bad. <laughs> like, I don't know how mm-hmm. Wolverine survives down here. Maybe that's why he hates the Morlocks is because they smell so bad. Yeah. They all smell like they've been rooting in shit because yeah, they've been rooting, been rooting in, in shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> um so so this starts and um the i don't remember exactly how the dialogue goes but the baby borlock that is uh like curled up in jubilee's lap says something about like i think jubilee says it's going to be a christmas miracle and the kid doesn't know what a miracle is and jubilee what's a gets miracle? So <laughs> it's like oh like what's miracles sniffing and then jubilee's like well maybe you'll see in a while but then luckily we go back to the kitchen you did what i just gave the ham a little juicing up i want this 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 swamp rat out of my kitchen now! stop it you're both acting like children the uh so so gene you know gene's screaming at gambit like you did what and he goes like i just give the ham a little juicing up <laughs> uh, <laughs> and gene then takes the ham and throws it like hucks it at his face which cyclops zaps out of the air like <laughs> and calls don't forget that gene calls him a swamp rat i want this the swamp rat out of my kitchen (laughs) (laughs) and i love that because you know that he like just decided to help uninvited right like it wasn't like hey who wants to help you know cook or anything gambit was just like gambit cook gambit help you all good and then just walked in the kitchen and then everyone looked at each other kind of like and then gene followed him afterwards and just spent the entire time stopping him from adding uh you know habanero spices to every little every little dish but all the all the cooking suggestions he's making uh seem reasonable and good to me like christmas food is really bland yeah and probably could use some cayenne pepper in time and like he's cajun (laughs) like trust us we know what we're doing yeah yeah (laughs) like like, there's there's a lot of things you can say about (laughs) cajuns but like they're good at food you know yeah we i mean we're number 49 in the state for public education but like we're on like consistently number one food tours of the usa <laughs> like, there's like there's th- there's three things that like gambit and his people know it's a tevin a tassin and and cooking uh you know so they, they, it just feels like gene is out of line like what is gene gonna make you know her parents were professors like she's gonna make some dry ass turkey some like stofers stuffing you know like gene i don't have that much faith in gene in cooking this you could like telekinetically brine the turkey but somehow if she somehow made a dry ham like that's fucking up (laughs) and you need to like game take over immediately (laughs) what did you do to make a dry dry ham (laughs) (laughs) just just like like put it in the in the the dehydrator or something like that and then like the fact that she hucks the ham at him like i don't even want to fucking eat this now that you put your devil spices on it <laughs> pervert swamp person. Which like, I mean, it, in Gene's defense, like you, you might think that there's some like GHB mixed up with that cayenne and time. Like you just never know. It is Gambit. Just, 
because Gambit does keep all of his spices with him, and he gets them mixed up on his, his spice belt. You know, just imagine him going to a fast food restaurant, just pouring cayenne pepper on like a fucking burger. Like, um, so that that's kind of the climax of the Gambit Gene storyline. But you know, Scott breaking it up, but it's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I um I was at a at a Tool concert one time in New Orleans, and mm-hmm. um I forget which uh Mike Patton project it was. I think it was Tomahawk, but Mike Patton was playing before Tool it was opening for Tool, and um mm-hmm. the crowd was just not into whatever weird noise shit Mike Patton was was putting out there, and they just were not into that at mm-hmm. all. They started booing him and and yelling at him, and he basically was fucking with the crowd, and he's like, "Look, I can sit here all night and play. They're they're chilling in the back. They're having a great time. Like they don't have to come out on stage. Like." <laughs> And then he just started actively making fun of the crowd and saying stuff like, y'all want some cayenne on this music? Like, like fuck Mike Patton, what are you doing? <laughs> that, was a, that was a good show. Mike Patton making fun yeah. of an entire culture. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty fun. Well, they, they keep putting cayenne pepper on shit, man. That's true. Fucked up. Um, so, so Wolverine, you know, shows up, they, they do their X-Men emergency and they all have to take the tunnels. So well, uh, well, wait, there. because, because they've received the message from storm, um, and, and said like, Hey, you need to bring beast. So Xavier tells rogue to carry beast to the sewers. And I'm like, don't you guys have like a jet plane, which pick your so, fastest transportation method <laughs> in, in the comics. I don't know if this is established in the cartoon in the comics, the Morlock tunnels are attached to the mansion. Like if you keep going down far enough, you eventually just run into the tunnels, uh, which which makes Storm being you know derelict in her duties even worse. Like it's like she just doesn't go to the living room. It's the equivalent of such. <laughs> I don't feel like going to the basement today. Let them rot. <laughs> Queen yeah, yeah, yeah. Storm says. Oh man. Um, so yeah, Xavier orders Rogue to carry Beast down there. Um, meanwhile, they're giving Jubilee like the the grand tour of Sewer Christmas. <laughs> And, <laughs> and sewer Christmas is extremely sad. <laughs> sewer Christmas uh, is not great. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like the whole time, like it is like, um, you know, the, the show, the Christmas, the sad ass Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, it's the most beautiful Christmas tree I've ever, ever, uh, found. And the little girl's like, well, leech found it, you know? Um, and then she looks over at their dinner, which is just like, you know, in in uh, in Game of Thrones, when in the uh, the poor part of the the main city, they talk about how they they uh, their food is this thing called bowl of brown. Yep, is what mm-hmm. they call it, and it's just kind of like a thin stew. And I this is that's what it seems like. They're all having like bowls of brown. You know, just like here's some some goop uh, that they're going to eat, and and Jubilee can't contain like just like that's your Christmas dinner. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And then Storm comes along and, and tells her the worst thing ever, which is that it's totally okay for people to live like this and that you shouldn't help them because they have a family that loves them. And I'm like, you could probably just give that motherfucker the ham that Jean Grey just tossed on the floor. That's better than your bowl of brown. <laughs> we did just cut from Jubilee uh, in order to, to, because she is mad at the concept of spice, uh, wasting an entire Christmas ham, or Jean Grey rather. So, um, and yeah, because like, Jubilee's like, how can they be happy? They have nothing, which is like real condescending you know privileged thing to say and that's when storms like they have each other they have a family um as long as you're part of a caring family every day of the year is christmas uh it would do us all well to remember that i'm sorry storm that's not yeah. true storm that's not a thing <laughs> every day is not um, christmas that's why it's christmas dog <laughs> what yeah. the fuck are you talking about 
that man. is a uh, so so Callisto looks over at, at uh, Leech at this point and is like he should be better now and starts yelling at, at Wolverine and Wolverine like gets up and he's like I told you it wouldn't work this is stupid like everyone is just yelling at each other and screaming at each other until Beast shows up uh, to actually take a look uh, and actually check vitals because as opposed to Callisto is just kind of like I'm eyeballing him and I think that he should be better now because you know me I'm I'm Callisto I'm leader of the Morlocks and also like an expert in triage and, and diagnosis. Um, Beast comes in and says, actually, no, he is getting better. Yeah. So this is actually um, working. I really thought, for whatever reason, when they did the thing with the tree and said, oh, uh, you know, Leech found the tree, I thought the tree was going to be weirdly poisonous somehow. And like Jubilee was going to figure that out and oh. be like, oh, oh, yeah, you just need to give him like the antidote or whatever. And that's, and like Wolverine's blood would never work. And so that would be fine. But they would have, like, Beast would have the antidote for this weird poisonous Christmas tree. And that, that would be the That would have been a, a better plot. Like, sure. like, and that would have been tragic for Leech, like, trying to find a Christmas tree and messing it up, you know, like, <laughs> sacrificing himself in order to, like, help Get bring his family joy tree. or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a, I, I would have liked that much better. Um, there's some really, really terrible Beast dialogue here where Beast kind of explains what's going on. Um, uh, Wolverine's recuperative powers are nothing short of miraculous. Their mutative, mutative origins, however, are a mystery to medical science. The, effici- the efficacy of their transference is impossible to predict. Uh, just kind of you know, restating the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. uh, here. Everyone yells at him until he eventually checks and then uh, Leech wakes up. Yeah, and he's all better. Yeah, and um, th- this is the scene where uh, Storm starts acting all haughty towards Callisto and demands whatever the scepter of power is, uh, which I would just imagine is like <laughs> just an old toilet brush that they found in the sewer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that somebody spray painted like yellow. Stick. <laughs> yeah, like give us the Morlock pleasing stick. <laughs> um, um, but she demands yeah. this, and um, basically, like so makes- it says, like Neil. Yeah, like yeah, kneel I in command front of you. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, you know, kneel before me. Um, you know, the scepter of power is mine by right of single combat. And you're like, well, shit. Uh, but then she gives the power back to Callisto, which, like, you know, Callisto rises and stuff. And this is presented as, like, a good move for Storm. It is not. This is her being like, actually, I don't want to deal with this responsibility. Because she took over, like, it's not like the, the Morlocks were good under Callisto. Like, they fucking kidnapped Jean Grey. I was about to say, um, like, the last thing that Callisto did is when she was a leader was kidnap Jean Grey to force her into, oh, no, no, to be able to bait Cyclops, Cyclops so that she yeah, could yeah. Mar- force marry Cyclops. <laughs> yeah. Like she was going she to force marry one of the X-Men, uh, and that is why you took over leadership. And you come down here and you see, like, oh, these guys actually get sick and they want Christmas dinner. Uh, I, I'm, I'm leaving. Like, Storm is, like, the worst deadbeat dad uh, in, this, in this show. Absolutely. Um, and just like, you know, no, what you get full custody to it. So I don't even, yeah, you need to yeah, worry the, about the, this. The child is yours. I'm moving to Baltimore. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is so, weird so, because, uh, storm wasn't even on that episode, the Proteus episode where she saw that, where we saw that terrible, uh, Scottish father abandon his kid. So you would think that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess she didn't they're, they're just, that they, <laughs> they should hook up. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and then, so this, this is what cures Wolverine of his grumps. So Wolverine walks up and says, What's a fella have to do to get a glass of orange juice and a cookie around here? Make that too. Yeah, because Le- yeah. Leech leaps in his arms, right? Like he's holding <laughs> yeah, he's Leech in quick. his arms. <laughs> um, also, um, 
just to go back to your point, like unless Leech can turn that shit on and off, Wolverine should be dead right now. Anytime he gets around, yeah, he, he, can you imagine if that happened? He, he left into his arms and then Wolverine uh, ages rapidly. <laughs> yeah, like it, it turns into an old man and then just drops Leech and then, like his bones crack and crumble. And Merry Christmas, Leech everybody! And he just slowly, and yeah, that's the end. He crawls away and then they just they cut two weeks of recovery as like Wolverine recovers from the the uh, Crutzfield Jacob disease and. And Alzheimer's that has riddled his mind, um, man. Um, so, so after they they happen, it seems like it's all heartwarming. But then Callisto says, like, as leader of the Morlocks, I give an invitation to all X Men to join us for Christmas dinner. Um, and nobody does the like, nah, you know, okay. <laughs> I don't really, I don't um, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kosher. Sorry, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, that's. So it seems like like I would do. Uh, to this, but everyone stays. And Julie, so here's the part we talked about earlier. <laughs> Julie says, "Like, oh, half these gifts are filled with food." Um, so what Julie was doing was went to a department store and then decided to buy gift wrapped food, uh, a lot of it, <laughs> and then bring it all into yeah. the sewer with her. <laughs> yeah. So they they, they, don't, they don't eat the the bowls of brown. Um, earlier they did set this up where she's like, maybe I should get more food for for dinner. Or something, but it doesn't change the fact that they're opening up gift wrapped presents full of like hams and shit, and, uh, and presumably all here. cooked food. Like you're going to open this this like nice box of Dillard's, and you're going to it's going to be like a plate of macaroni and cheese, or like a, just a <laughs> Tupperware macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Thing. We're over to the hot bar at, at JC Penny. <laughs> Give yourself a scoop of baked beans and coleslaw, and just put you like wrap it to go. It's Christmas. Like it just goes to show her orphan fucking understanding of Christmas, which is not very good. Or, or um, like, or the writers for that matter, because they have presents yeah. full of food just does not make a lot of sense. And of course, like uh, everybody thinks this is really nice of Jubilee to give up all of this food that she bought for other people to these people who are in need of it. Yeah. And, and they leave the other X-Men back at the mansion. Like the, this invitation that extends to all X-Men, it's not like the X-Men are all together because we go back to the mansion and like, uh, you know, uh, they're eating and, you know, Wolverine's happy. Everyone's happy. And it's like, well, there are a couple of cooks back at the mansion that aren't going to be happy. And then we, I guess this is the actual finan- uh, finale of the Gambit Gene C plot. What do you mean not eating? Gambit has spent days on this meal. My oyster loaf. My dough glacé. We could warm it up tomorrow. Warm it up? You do not warm up such a meal. Gambit does not make TV dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oyster loaf. Is that a thing that you people eat? Um, I like, guess. Have you ever had an oyster loaf? I, I I don't really do much oysters. Like I'll do some tra grill oysters mm. every once in a while, but I don't I don't do raw oysters, and I don't really like uh, like fried oysters or anything. But uh, the only mm. thing I can think of is like Autumn does a um, like a seafood Thanksgiving Day stuffing. Um, so she mm. put like shrimp and crawfish into the the you know with the cornbread with the. Um, breadcrumbs and all that stuff and make like a delicious seafood stuffing. I guess you could probably do oysters and then call that like an oyster loaf if, if you really wanted to. So. Like an oyster stuffing that you just kind of uh, put into a uh, uh, you know, into a mold. Oh no, wait a minute. Uh, this says it's the San Francisco oyster loaf recipe but it is it literally pastry with a bunch of oyster shit stuffed inside. Hmm. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Hold on. This looks just like a just a normal Uh-oh. fucking just a normal fucking po boy. Like I gotta like if he's cooking <laughs> and they're calling if, it a loaf. Yeah, if he's cooking this for um, come on Discord, I might have to link it. I'm sorry. Um, if he's cooking this for uh, Christmas, like what? This isn't good. 
<laughs> like this is just a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, he's made everybody a fried oyster sandwich, which yeah. like you know, like that, that looks edible to me. Like I like I like a po' boy. Mm. Uh, you know, I like I like a like a New Orleans style sandwich. Um, I don't know what what he what he's doing here with the sandwich. I I don't like how this is called Louisiana oyster loaf either. Like <laughs> words have meaning. Um, like loaf loaf means something with regards to food. Cajuns. Um, like just you got you got to learn it. This is you know. So he, he's saying this, and 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 uh, Jean Grey's like, well, we can reheat it, and uh, we get the greatest line in the history of this show. <laughs> which I'm probably uh, which gonna- is, damn it does not make TV dinners. Uh, so good. <laughs> oh man, this episode is so good, yeah. Gary. It's it's really good, and that's uh that's the episode. You know, Jubilee like talks to him, says like, "Hey, I didn't want you know, uh, you know, I didn't want you to think that um, you know, I didn't want to have Christmas with the X Men." And uh, Professor X says like, "It'll be missed, but your generous sacrifice indicates that you understand uh, how much more you're needed where you are." So I'm very proud of you. And then, and, uh, a, and that's the uh, a preview for the morph episode, which was like ten episodes, yeah, which ago. which happened many <laughs> many episodes ago. Um, what what it, it, I think this is like really has it all. Um, it, it really does. It it's, is. It's a great episode. I I, I the Jean Grey and Gambit interaction is some of the, my favorite shit in the world, Gary. I love it so so mm-hmm. so much. It is. Uh, it is. It is weirdly uh, sweethearted. Like this episode in like in a way that's dumb, but also in a way that's kind of good. You know, like the Morlock stuff is silly, but like it's a good message for for a cartoon. You know, to to have this happen, like it's pretty classics, very special episode uh, material, and uh, the the bonkersness and Wolverine just being so hostile and everyone yelling at each other the whole time makes it feel very like full of life. It it, it does, um, and, and and just like how. I, just Jubilee's wonder at it all. <laughs> like Jubilee, you're yeah. 17 years old. Where have you been? Have you been in some weird torture uh, chamber at, and, and Moira's apartment? Like, is that where you've been in, the, in your dark life? In the basement. Did someone set you to electrocute? <laughs> um, yeah. uh, what a, what a, what a strange and wonderful episode this is, Gary. I'm glad, I'm glad it lived up to the hype. Um, because even though Table Boy, like, no, they didn't eat Christmas dinner off of Table Boy, he still, like, sacrificed himself to to let Wolverine lay on top of him, which is, you know, Wolverine's a weight, is a heavy dude. Like, that dude's not light. Yeah, he, he, weighs, he weighs several tons. Like, it is the, uh, they at least treat him like an, a subhuman monster, which, which is what I, I thought was, was, was essentially the, the, the main thrust of his Table Boyism. And uh, here, you know, there's, there's no change. Like, he's definitely treated like a, like a real piece of garbage mm-hmm. uh, here. So pretty, pretty impressive stuff. Um, I, I love this episode. I'm glad that we got to it. I think that even if you don't like this show, if you just like wear TV, like everyone should watch this. Uh, oh yeah, you can find a way to watch it. We, we've never, um, we've never really said that before. Like we, we always kind of, you know, I think we rely on our on our description of the the action of the episodes and say like, you know, this is with a couple of exceptions, like, you know, you, you don't really need to watch this to understand like this podcast, mm-hmm. but, um, man, I just go out and get this episode, like go YouTube it or whatever. Like, I don't know if it's out there. I didn't, I didn't look for it that way, but like, go find it and watch it because it is fucking hysterical. I, I was just like cackling maniacally at the screen. Like just from the first minute, like as soon as they started singing and Cyclops was just terrible. I was like, Jesus Christ, what have I gotten into? It's because it, it's uh, the real thing, like the the very special, you know, favorite best part of the uh, of the the, the series uh, is always going to be um, like the X Men just kind of palling around and showing their domestic life and things like that. 
ways into being so funny. And this is almost all that. I wish the, uh, um, I wish the modern movies would, would learn that lesson. <laughs> Just give us. Oh yeah. Like some hangout scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be all the hangout. Like I understand, like I like action. I like these fight scenes quite a bit, you know? Um, but it's like, it's hard to say, like eventually we'll get to apocalypse. And I feel like that's a really good example of like them not getting the mix. Like there's a little bit of hangout stuff. Um, and there's some fight scenes that are kind of fun, but then there's large swaths of the movie that are just dumb. Um, you know, and, and those parts, you know, we spend a lot of time on, like, it feels like you're spending time on the wrong things. Yeah, absolutely. Give me, give me some, some daily life chill out time and give me some fights. And that, that is what I would like. I haven't, um, I've heard that there's an extended version of apocalypse where they do more with the, the the teenage X-Men in like a a local mall or whatever, but I haven't, haven't bought that Blu-ray or whatever to, to go find that stuff. I should go look at that. Yeah, when whenever we eventually cover it for the show, that'll be a good uh, yeah, true. You know, uh, a, a good excuse to just Amazon the extended edition or whatever, like rent. Um, so, so yeah. um, um, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to uh, to everything that we have remaining because we the next uh, four episodes we're covering over two two episodes of this show um, are extremely uh, weird and you know more <laughs> more like the last two episodes. Like this was a little island in the of quality in the middle mm-hmm. of this the next four are interesting i like just as a little preview i, I find i actually kind of dug some of the stuff that they were doing there's just a couple of things about it that's just fucking awful that bring down the entire thing but like some of it was really good so I, i'm looking forward to talking about those with you because it's going to be fun to get yeah into. there's there's, um, there's tons of good stuff it, it is i think it's the cartoons attempt to do um a crossover called a little bit like the uh executioner's song Mm-hmm. which is where strife was introduced um in uh, in this and it's a little bit of that like a little bit of the 12 like kind of mixed up like two kind of famous x-men crossovers you know i guess this was way before the 12 um but they do talk about like collecting 12 psychics um for apocalypse so there's a little bit of a lot of dna in there but it is just kind of a, a like a all of the major villains showing up and teaming up and kind of like a conspiracy set of episodes with the w- single worst framing device <laughs> that uh that the cartoon has ever done it's it's not good um but until then what's happening right now we um Nor- normal stuff normal stuff pa- i'm trying to figure out patreon. your um yeah patreon well i was trying to think if the uh if they were listening to this on the early feed or are they listening to it if uh if Duckstream is still i think they will be listening to it during i think it'll come out on the ninth okay um, or, or 10th. So it's kind of, there might be just a little bit of time left for duck stream, but for mostly for people who are listening to this, even on early release, like you probably, uh, are aware of that. And we thank you for tuning in. Absolutely. Um, and if you want to support the show directly, you can go to patreoncom slash duck TV, a couple bucks a month there. will get you access to cool stuff. Um, you get episodes early, you can get access to the Slack channel. You can vote on the games that Gary and Cole are going to cover on their good games podcast and their bad games podcast, which is always a lot of fun. Um, it's a, it's a really cool place, especially the Slack. The Slack remains one of the coolest things uh, on the internet that I've ever been a part of. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so check that out. Um, you can also rate and review this show. Uh, tell all your friends about it. Um, and uh, that's really appreciated. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at GaryBuh, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. And I am at J.G. Greer. Um, and yeah, come talk to us about the X-Men. I will, I will fight you by saying that if you say this episode is a bad episode. Well, yeah, and uh, and have a have a good holiday, folks. Yeah, good. happy holidays, um, everybody. Yeah.